Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? They say in Harlan County, there are no neutrals there. You can either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Tell me which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. Oh, you regret this? And you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. Duncan, Duncan, coming at you with a union blast. What an opener. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. You should tell the folks about that song, Duncan. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Pete Seeger. Uh, Which side are you on? Made famous by the Harlan County War. The labor that's, dispute that's... with the miners. Yeah, but we're working Labor Day. Yeah, we don't celebrate the communist holidays here, right? I no. Love, it's an ironic opening. Yeah, Duncan's just a nice Duncan. little ironic opening. I love it. So, <laughs> well, welcome back. I hope everybody had a nice summer. It's officially over, as Smug would say, dead and gone, right, pal? Summer is dead and gone, folks. It's official. <laughs> so it actually is official, and I hope people enjoyed themselves. Uh, I know I did. It was, a, it was a terrific August for a lot of ways. I can tell you one guy that it was not a terrific August for, Joe Biden. That is an understatement. That's an understatement. This is uh, We are just talking about this. Uh, since, since we left to go, you know, go to the Iowa Fair, and that, like, it's been only a month, and it's like mm. everything has completely changed. Everything's falling apart for Biden. So it's so true. I mean, so when we started the month of August, I mean, obviously there were some inklings that COVID was continuing to become a problem, a larger problem than this administration ever envisioned with their, you know, vaccination issue and everything else. But what they didn't envision was the uh, army of other problems that all came into play, starting with the big one and the absolute embarrassing bungling of of Afghanistan, right? Awful. Just it, it persists to this day, and we'll get into it a little bit. But what it did, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, what it did is is open the Pandora's box and a whole host of other problems that this administration has has basically bestowed upon the country. Everything from inflation to jobs and the economy issues to COVID, as we talked about, to persistent school issues, the immigration thing made worse by refugees. I mean, it is we are. Boy, oh boy, is it a different political climate than the one everybody left in August. It's really something. So, yeah, it's been like a summer of despair for the Biden administration, that's for sure. And I think from a political um, agenda component, you know, when when the Democrats left in July or the first week of August, it was sort of a foregone conclusion. They were not only going to get this bipartisan infrastructure deal, but they they helped sort of pave the way for a $3.5 trillion dollar bunch of tax increases and spending and everything else. And it was, it was at the time, everybody thought sort of a foregone conclusion. Fast forward four weeks and it doesn't look like it, does it? Things are looking rough. Things are looking rough. (laughs) Things are looking, things are looking real rough. Um, I think we should start actually with the, uh, 
the, the news that the U.S. has exceeded 40 million COVID cases since the start of the pandemic, 1 million uh, in the last six days. You know, guys, I remember when Joe Biden ran on the premise that he was going to shut down the virus. You remember that? I think we even have the audio somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Can you play that? I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. That's really something. Nice job. He, did, he certainly did a great job of shutting down the virus. <laughs> it's just, it's all nonsense, but it also, it, you know, it brings to light just a whole bunch of nonsense that gave rise to this guy's presidency that we're now seeing as a, as a complete fabrication. Yeah, I mean, he had everything handed off to him. He had multiple vaccines, which were miracles. Miracles, Operation Lightspeed got done. And, he, and he did light speed again. It's warp speed. Operation Warp Speed got done. <laughs> and and still he manages to keep bungling it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Um let's talk for a minute about we did a deep dive last Thursday. It was it, like I, I'm loving seeing the response to that. Cause because we had we'd had a lot of folks who mentioned they're like, we love the show. We would like you guys to like, you know, go full on deep dive in a topic, break it down. And so we, we gave them the episode, you know, last week's episode on uh, school choice. The reviews have been incredible. Incredible. Yeah, no, it's really, I mean, it's great because, um, you know, you do so much news the day and you breeze through like 10 topics and you only get surface level on all of them. And so just to have the opportunity to like talk more in depth with some experts about one specific issue. Um, I hope we can we can do a lot more of these. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Let me read a couple of these. This is from uh, Wolfpack32347. Deep dive, school choice guys. Love the deep dive concept. School choice was a great topic to dive into. Question for Michael and Josh. I felt for years that school choice should be at the top of our platform and campaigns. Why hasn't the party fully publicly wrapped its arms around this issue? It's a no brainer and a winner. Um, buddy, you're right. I think uh, so. You're I think right. so. Especially now seeing, you know, it's become so apparent to so many parents that the focus of these public schools is the unions. The unions are calling the shots and it seems like their interest is not in, in educating the kids. It, it's how much money they can get for themselves. It's incredible. So like yeah. now's the time to make the move. I think unfortunately part of the reason why it hasn't been a bigger issue is, there are an awful lot of sort of quote unquote thought leaders who don't have problems with education, right? They're, they're either go to private schools or their public schools are, you know, extremely well off communities. And they've, they haven't encountered the same issues that a lot of impoverished children across this country have had to encounter. But now with COVID and school closures and, and critical race theory and everything else, you see a lot of these communities that aren't typically affected by these terrible unions become affected by them. And so, yeah, it's become a bigger issue, but it, it, I think, look, this comment is dead on. It should have been an issue all along, something that we all should really focus on. And I got, uh, I really like this one. It's from fabulously me XOX. What a program ruthless has been such a bright spot in my day to listen to. I have loved catching up on episodes and all the segments and guests. Honestly, working in politics is tough and it burns you out. But hearing y'all have a great time and be authentic has refreshed the political part of my soul. Keep up the great work and hope y'all can do more, uh, you know, do more. I was a blast to listen to. 
Thank you so much. That's why we do this. I love it. That's fantastic. All right. Well, let's a, a few more things to get into uh, here. This one caught my eye. Here's a headline that that caught my eye. Did you guys see this thing? Two in five grocery shoppers use self checkout to avoid people judging their per- purchases. It's amazing. So here's the thing that caught <laughs> caught me on this one. Like, how insecure of a human being do you have to be to worry about what the cashier at the grocery store thinks of your purchases? Yeah, yeah. So, so two things. I number one, I never use self checkout because I don't want to do it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to bag my groceries and this goes back to, so one of the many, many jobs I had was, uh, I was a cashier at a grocery store and I can tell you, no one cares what you're buying. Yeah. Like think about all the items they see every single day coming across, Yeah, you know, like they, they have not, they're not thinking about you. I've been standing in front of a register for like five (laughs) hours. I don't care if you're buying like pig heads full of worms, man. I'm just like scanning it over and doing an awful job bagging your groceries, looking at the clock, wishing the day would end. I mean, I sort of get it. If you're the dude that rolls up, who's like, here's a fifth, the Jack Daniels in a, in a, in a box of condoms. Right. It's like, okay. I mean, that's, that's not for everybody's consumption apparently, but people have a problem. With, with this in general, like health foods, like the fear that people would judge them for not eating healthy. I mean, what in the world? And no one, I mean, no one, no one cares. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you like hundred percent, everyone at that register just wants the day to end. Probably don't know what's going on. They're just like scanning it across the scanner as fast as possible, throwing it into a bag, hoping the day would end. That's, 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 <laughs> this is for the two and five grocery shoppers. <laughs> don't worry about it. No one cares. I promise you. Here's an an item that I might judge. I don't know. I'm actually interested to get your take on this mug. Pup, pumpkin spice seltzer. What a nightmare. Oh, this is the Bud Light one, right? Yeah. So Bud Light is selling a fall flannel variety pack starting September 6th. It includes pumpkin spice, toasted marshmallow, maple pear, and apple crisp. What do you think? I, I Well, so, okay. Um, my my wife is is into it the pumpkin spice stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not this beer in particular, but I'm just saying like we, we have the pumpkin spice coffee creamer in the house already. We've got, um, like pumpkin cookies. We've got the pumpkin spice candles. Like my wife gets into fall. Yeah. Like the boots are coming on. The puffy vest is coming on. We're taking some pictures with some foliage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I support in, in, in the, in the, you know, not necessarily the pumpkin spice seltzer, but the idea of it all. So, I love that summer's dead and gone. You know, now you got to oh, focus. Oh, I love fall. Yeah, you yeah. got to focus on important things, going apple picking. I'm going to try it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to get it. I'm going to keep that in the fridge. You know, Are I'm you going to? Because I'm worried about you, Smug. You and this 75-day nonsense that you've you've actually loaded under the backs of the Ruthless Variety program. Yeah, so 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 can you go into that actually, certainly. you know, because I know there's been a lot of interest on Twitter about it. C- certainly. So, this is something I'm very proud of. Uh there's there's this challenge called 75 hard, right? It, essentially, uh the purpose is you're supposed to do this for 75 straight days, right? It is, you know, you you get you pick a diet, any diet, right? Uh, you have to exercise twice a day for 45 minutes each time. One must be outdoors no matter what, rain or shine, snow, whatever. Uh, you have to uh, take a, a weigh yourself every day. You have to take a progress photo every day. Um, 
if, if you have to drink a gallon of water every day, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Read Reading books. books. Yeah, you have to read 10 pages of, you know, uh, a nonfiction kind of like self-improvement uh, type of book every day. Uh, and you have to do this 75 days. There's no, if you mess up, if you miss any of these, you start back on day one. Like He, he was is, doing this when we were in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the backdrop for all the listeners here is that Michael and I have really had to double down on the Ruthless Variety <laughs> program. We've, we've had to carry this knapsack on our own because we're sitting here with a partner who's looking at his watch and counting calories while we're trying to be entertaining. Uh, and he's given up all beverages whatsoever. Yeah. It, it's, you know what? It's been an amazing thing. It, it less than being like a, a thing about fitness. Like it, it tremendously improved my fitness. I lost, I lost like 43 pounds in 75 days. Wow. Good for you, pal. Yeah. Thank you. And he sacrificed the variety program. Well, for I, I, look, I, 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 I look, I supported it at the start. It got very, very hard to continue supporting it, especially I, in Iowa. But I loved I love Iowa so much. That is Des Moines is probably the best town I've ever been in for running. Really? Without a doubt. It is incredible. Why do you think that is? Well, okay, so the, the from from downtown it's basically a grid. You're not dealing yeah. with a lot of traffic. Right. And the area around the Capitol, I mean, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's serene, but it's like wide open. Wide open. Yeah. Wide open. The world is your oyster if you're a runner in that town. Fellas, I, I look. I haven't done a lot of demographic analysis, but I'm guessing that the average Ruthless Variety program listener doesn't tune in for fitness tips. Okay, okay well, no, no, fine. I guess they do. They one, do. One, I'm calling it. one thing I want to ask: this 75 hard. What if it wasn't read 10 pages, but it was 75 days off Twitter? Could you have done it? Ooh, yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. Wow. The thing is, is that like, like I was trying to, uh, I, I skipped over. Is this is not really a fitness thing. This is about discipline, yeah. self-control. That's the whole thing is, right. you know, do you have control? Are you capable of, you know, fully making your own decisions and with no compromises, not being like, oh, you know, it's cold or it's raining. I'll just, I'll just skip and, and I'll, I'll, I'll do double tomorrow. You know, no compromises. Yeah. Can you have that kind of focus, determination, discipline? Well, and you've inspired some folks to take up their, their own challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I urge all their family members to immediately talk them out of this. Holmes is like committed to being the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> it's just dragging us down, man. It's just dragging it. Much harder for Michael and I to do 75 hard for smug than smug. And it wasn't smug. I mean, yeah. much harder. Honestly, like I, I I'm gonna take. Let's see. Tomorrow's Wednesday. I'm gonna treat myself to bourbon at this great rooftop place that I love. They've got this like nice bourbon flight. I like I like that. I'm going there tomorrow. Other than that, okay. I might be like right back on it. Oh, and and on the 17th, I'm throwing a massive rager since on my birthday I couldn't drink or have cake. Uh, but other I'm than telling that, you, man, what? I'm going right back to it. I'm going. I'm right telling back you, you're to not it. gonna go right back to it. I'm not gonna allow it. I'm never gonna stop. I'm simply it's not amazing. Going it's amazing. Like I've, it's I've kept going. Fun. Today is actually 77. Like I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't stopped. Yeah. One of the things that became apparent to me in doing the hundredth episode recap was that smug was much funnier before the 75 hard. <laughs> and it's not even in question. If you listen to those clips, I was like in tears of laughter. I need that back. I can I can still be fun sober, guys. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You I, th can't. I think maybe you just add in like one one beverage before we record. 
you know, at night, just like one night beverage. I will say, you know, honestly, the, the thing, the challenge that was the most difficult, 100% was not being able to drink. Because, like, you know, if you're having, like, a business dinner, if you're, you know, right. social environment. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh, guys, I can't have fun without drinking, but it's like, come on. It's more fun, you know, when you're, when you're hanging out with the guys, having a bourbon, talking shop. It makes a difference. Then, I mean, everyone's like, damn, Smug's just drinking a lot of water over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it goes no further. 77, consider it your last day, pal. Oh, I'm going to get right back to it, but. The show, let us, let us, let us continue. What do we got next on here? <laughs> All right. So, um, look, we talked about Afghanistan on the top. We still have a problem there as everybody knew when the Biden administration decided to declare the war over and pull all of our planes and troops and everything out. They left hundreds of people, thousands of people behind the New York times reported yesterday that around a thousand people including dozens of American citizens and Afghans holding visas to the United States remained stuck in Afghanistan for the fifth straight day as they awaited clearance for departure from the Taliban. And the article goes on to say that their clearance is in negotiations uh, between the United States and the Taliban. And they have uh, dragged on for days, leaving these evacuees, evacuees, precariously in limbo. This is the kind of thing that we were talking about over the last couple of weeks of this Afghanistan wind down yep. as being the problem. Yep. You don't, yep. you don't leave, eliminate your leverage and then try to negotiate safe passage for your people with the Taliban, with the Taliban, it's with incredible. the Taliban. And Joe Biden is in Wilmington. You know, he's in Delaware for the weekend, having a good old labor day. I mean, that's the thing is like, so the Dems try to turn this whole conversation not about, you know, people falling out of planes and the absolute chaos and terrorists blowing up bombs and, and killing service members. They tried turning all that into the thing that, oh, well, the war had to end. This isn't about that. You, like, everyone knows this isn't about that. This is about you do such an irresponsible job of getting our folks out of there that you don't even get them out of there. And the yeah. way that they're describing the situation, like the, the way the media is trying to portray this as they're like, they're not hostages. You see, they're just people who aren't allowed uh, to, leave, to leave and we are negotiating their release. Uh, <laughs> like the only thing that's different is the blindfold. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm going to look up like hostage in the dictionary and see, you know, if there's a situation where someone's being held against their will and their release is being negotiated for, what you call that situation? What do you call that situation? Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, that that's what it is. But also, you know, I've read a lot of articles over the last few days about how ex sort of uh, retired special forces have been conducting their own missions to try to get interpreters and people that they had worked with out. I mean, look, we, this is what we've reduced this to. We have American patriotic former special forces Americans taking things into their own hands while flights of, Af of, of Americans are being basically held at the Afghanistan uh, Kabul airport. I, I mean, can't wait. I can't worse. wait for that story to be told too, because I think that would be an incredible movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Fargo too, except like completely bungled. Yeah, I mean, I know one of the dudes that's doing it, and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear some of the stories. I guarantee you it's it's like one of those just classic cinematic type 
yeah. experiences. Although, you know, here's the thing, it's really dangerous. I mean, there's a reason why it's not an American mission. So I, I pray for the health and well-being of all those patriots every day because it, Lord knows if it's not a job at this point the Biden administration is willing to do, it's got to be pretty risky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is given, as we've talked about, an entryway into the rest of the American electorate to examine the Biden administration. And what they've what's happened is everybody's turned on them, yeah, right? Yeah. So the real clear politics averaging of all of the polls now shows Biden underwater by 4.1 uh, points. That's a significant, significant turn. Yeah. His disapproval is now 49, approval at 45. This is a guy, you know, three months ago where it was like 55, 40, right? And, and it's also the trend so early in his presidency, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the ABC News Washington Post poll taken from August 29th to September 1st has him at 44% approval, 51% disapproval. That's seven underwater. That's seven yeah. underwater. And that's not, you know, you're still talking about a national poll that indexes towards Democrats, yeah. right? It's right. not like a battle state poll. We're talking about including California and New York and, you know, all of the coastal population centers in that mix. And he's still just struggling. And like uh, speaking of left-leaning polls, so Zogby also did uh, a poll, uh, a survey that shows that one-fifth of likely voters regret voting for Biden. Yeah. Yikes. That's, so this is, here's the thing. This is what you've we've told you on the Ruthless Friday program, right? Mm -hmm. That this was going to happen. Because if you looked at the way the issue matrix was lining up from the beginning of this presidency, it was dealing with a heavy, heavy over-indexing on flushing cash into the system, which inevitably will cause inflation, which continues the problem, the labor shortages and the supply chain issues that we've seen across the country. The economy has not bounced back the way that it was trajectory ridden under the Trump administration. And it was a problem. Once people in the center of the electorate who voted for Joe Biden really got under the hood on that and wondered whether they had some competence in, in, in enacting this agenda, they were going to have real questions. And once you saw incompetence displayed the level of which Afghanistan was, it's time to look at the economy. And they look at it, and now he's underwater on that too. That's the right? thing is 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 you're you're 100 right earlier when you're like uh, Afghanistan is kind of like the last straw, and ended up opening the Pandora's box because then folks were like, well, okay, he bungled this, but what else has he messed up? Like, what has he gotten right? You know, like you're trying to Nothing. think. Well, what's he gotten right? Okay, well, uh, the economy is not great. Gas is expensive. Groceries are expensive. Uh, the 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 jobs numbers are always missing. Uh, let's see. The border is an absolute disaster. It's like COVID is worse. COVID, you know, that's, the, that's the big thing is like he, he, he ran on, I'm going to solve the problem guys. When he said like, it's been eight months of, of, of Donald Trump since, uh, since the pandemic broke out and he has no plan. I'll fix it. Well, now here we are eight months into Joe Biden's presidency and he's not fixing it. We're seeing <laughs> COVID just like out of control. And it's the ultimate catch 22, right? Because he spent his entire last year of his campaign convincing Americans that COVID could be changed from the Oval Office. Yep. Right. That somehow. Yeah. A novel this, coronavirus. Yeah. A novel somehow, coronavirus with no, no cure that it, it was all Donald Trump's fault. You know, right. that people were getting it. And so look, he, now you're president. 
<laughs> he convinced a bunch of people that simply waving a wand behind the Oval Office could get rid of it. Now he's president, and it's twice as bad. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Which unbelievable. is, I mean, which is, which is why, and we've talked about this previously on the program, why uh, the the media and the Biden administration is so invested in creating this outgroup of people yep. to demonize. Yep. Yeah. Because because that's, that's their only pivot. Perfectly said. That's exactly it. You know, I mean, because we we have this story uh, from Rolling Stone that got a lot of attention, a ton of attention online. And basically the the premise of the story is that and this is, uh, you know, from the headline gunshot victims left waiting as horse dewormer overdoses overwhelm Oklahoma hospitals. Doctor says doctor says doctor says um the horse dewormer they're referring to there is ivermectin um which is like an anti-parasitic which won a nobel prize for human usage um and actually all the refugees coming from afghanistan are given like two tablets of this right it's a perfect example they say horse dewormer it's a perfect example of something you know we've talked about this a lot with the outgroup stuff it's like the media um is so desperate to just dunk on people that they create this false narrative for that liberal audience that they've built irrespective of the truth right like obviously this drug isn't a horse dewormer i'm not a doctor i'm not telling you to take it for covid i don't know if it works for covid i'm not a doctor but what i know is it's not a horse dewormer there is an application for horses but there's an application for people. Yeah, it's so, like, uh, why, why are people eating mold? Well, it's called penicillin. Yeah, it's called penicillin. You're going to stop taking penicillin because it comes from mold? But no, well, I mean, I, they'd rather lie and get the cheap dunk on people than tell you the truth. And they fur- they further undermine their own credibility. And and what we found out with this story was it was fake news. Total fake news. Total fake news. Saying that like uh, a hospital can't treat gunshot victims because they're overwhelmed by these uh ivermectin cases and what was the they put they said this is a correction they didn't pull it down. yeah let me just read this update it's unbelievable it's fantastic update northeastern hospital system sequoia is issued a statement although dr jason mckea is not an employee of nhs sequoia <laughs> he is affiliated with a medical staffing group that provides coverage for our emergency room with that said Dr. McKellen, McKellen, I don't know, whatever, has has not worked at our (laughs) Salisaw location for over two months. NHS Sequoia has not treated any patients due to complications related to taking ivermectin. This includes not treating any patients for ivermectin overdose. So it was completely false. It was completely fake. And then they don't pull it down. No, it's still up. They're like, we'll just put this at the end. And you got half of resistance Twitter you know, tweeting this out and it's still up on Twitter. There's no misinformation tag. Nope. No one's getting oh, their yeah. account suspended. I mean, Rachel and then Maddow everybody puts it out and there. And then Brian Stelter goes on his show and he's like, oh, gosh, why does nobody trust the media? It's like <laughs> you did this to your fucking selves. I don't give a shit how you feel like we don't listen to you. This is yeah, why. I mean, this is why so many of these newspapers started hiring these like Oh, this is the uh, reporter on disinformation and misinformation, and 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 their job is to go fact check and make sure that there's not all these falsehoods being pushed online. None of them go after like Rachel Maddow. No, and, no. Like, every the whole disinformation idea, the whole idea of a disinformation vertical for a media company is a super PAC. 
That's what it yep. is. Yep. And they get talking points from the DNC and clips that are sent to them, and they say these are the things that we see that are on the internet today that you got to disprove. It's basically yep. like uh, you know, uh, you like with the Biden stuff with the check and the watch when they when when Biden checked his watch during the dignified totally. exchange uh, for for the Marines that came back who died during the withdrawal, and he checked his watch during it, and yep. and and the media bends over backwards to say. Oh, no, that's misinformation. He checked it, but that was before the actual survey. They're telling all those Gold Star families, you're all liars. Yeah. They're like, you all lied. What you saw while you're watching your kids come back to you was you're making it up. Don't trust your lying eyes. Trust us. Right. Yeah. What I I think is is almost more pervasive about the COVID situation just in general, though, and you put your finger on this, Duncan, is – all of a sudden the media that has been, you know, so critical of anybody who does any entrepreneurship with trying to figure out their own health solutions to COVID has decided what drugs you can and can't take without any medical license to speak with. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. Correct. So, but, but I, it's an interesting development, right? Is here are these people who are just hypercritical of anything that doesn't come out of Anthony Fauci's mouth. Right. Right. At the same time, they're calling drugs horse tranquilizers or horse dewormers and and suggesting that they can't be any helpful in any circumstance and basically practicing medicine without a license as they're typing on the computer. I just don't know the like what class they took in journalism school that says when you report, you're supposed to defer to the government's opinion of things. And not and it's be the skeptical. only that's that's my point. <laughs> you know, my point. what you just said is my, my right. point is the only thing that they take that absolutely a hundred percent face value, right? Right. Like right. if Anthony Fauci doesn't say it, it doesn't exist, and it's just created this bizarre situation where the left is actually more responsive to try to like poo-poo and provide some intellectual. Uh, shaming for anyone who's trying something to get through the COVID pandemic that's not prescribed by Anthony Fauci. Right. And I don't get it. Like, I, look, I'm not somebody who goes out and, and wants to try a bunch of experimental medicine myself. Right. I, that's not me. But I'm also not a doctor. And so I'm not going to tell somebody what to do and what not to do in that regard, other than to listen to their own physician. The media has put themselves in a position where they are literally litigating what is good health and what is bad health. And they've been wrong throughout this entire pandemic from day one. I remember, uh, so, so there was uh, a venture capital firm uh, out West in Dreesen Horowitz where they put, this is like, I want to say it was like early February. They put a sign on, on the front door that said, uh, you know, due to, you know, worries about a global pandemic, we are not going to be shaking hands. Right. And, and all these like, uh, newspapers and journals start dunking on them, being like, "What? How are you people worried about a virus that you know is in China? That's probably not as bad as the flu." They were completely wrong about that, right? But it didn't stop there. Then on the mask thing, where where first they're like, "Why would you wear a mask?" It's great dredging up their tweets, right? Where they're like, "It doesn't make make any sense to wear a mask unless you're a doctor." They were wrong about that. Like these people, right? Do you, not you, you, learn. you would you <laughs> you you would be surprised that an industry that has been so wrong could speak so authoritatively. And with it's such indignation, where they're like, "How 
dare you criticize us? How Just dare you? <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, you have these situations. It was like that kid who got caught uh, lying, saying that Biden did not check his watch. Yeah. And uh, he's like, come on, guys, we're human. You had one job, literally. That's you your job. job. Your job is check. the facts. Yeah, like, he's like, we're human. We make mistakes. Your job was one thing. Right. To check if this is true or not. Right, and right. And you messed that up. <laughs> if you're going to disprove something, and if you're going to say somebody else made a mistake, the bar for you has to be higher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if that's your job. Oh, to, that's your job. To, yeah. to, to be the oracle on high who says truth and, fa- and false, and, 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 and that that's going to determine what we're allowed to say. Wait, who is you this? You better again? be right. This is the USA Today fact checker yeah. who got the, the Biden checking the watch during the dignified transfer wrong. I mean, all you have to do is look at the clip. And, and that's I mean, the thing is, you know, to go back to the purpose that we said that they're doing all this is because they have to create an out group right. to blame because they spent a year being like, the president should be able to say, here's yeah. what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. Virus is going to be dead. Right. They, they, they spent a year trying to make, you know, they spent a year smearing Trump and trying to drive down his numbers and say, COVID is Trump's fault. COVID is Trump's fault. COVID is Trump's fault. They spent a year pushing that. And now if you say, well, the president is supposed to be able to handle COVID with a wave of a wand, now they can't. They, they, they can't say that. They, they have to have that. the out group. You look at the jobs report numbers, just demoralizing job report numbers last week. Ho- like horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible. And, uh, you know, what does Biden blame? Delta. Yep. Delta variant. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's the reason. And he says, like, the buck stops here, folks. Apparently not. No, Apparently nope, not, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> well, fellas, you know what this calls for? I think it calls for a game. I think it calls for a game. Let's play a game. Oh, let's do it. Uh, so I want to play Claim to Fame. Yes. Our, our new game. It's been it's been a hit with the listeners. Critically acclaimed. <laughs> Critically acclaimed. Uh, I think we played that. So let's uh, let's hit that music. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name, Clay! Brainworm takes forever. You're gonna like my post most. I feel engagement forever. Broken brain takes with no shame, Clay! Hot takes up to 11. Saving Joe Biden from blame, Clay! It's gonna live forever. Ronnie, remember my name. Remember, 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 remember. remember. <laughs> the music is so good. I love it so much. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> the game is the game is great. The music really makes it for me. <laughs> oh yeah, the music's great. Uh, it's probably a little too long for. For smug's taste, but uh, that that's part of the fun. But uh, uh, what we should do is is for for people who who missed it last time, what are the rules? Yeah, so it's it's it, I, and I'm not gonna I'm not going to uh, believe that Smug remembers the rules himself. So this is also for him <laughs> and his benefit. For smug. Okay, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, and also to give background. So so the 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 White House Chief of Staff, right, Ron Klain, uh, is incredibly active. Yeah, on Twitter. But his only purpose there is basically to be like, find the people crazy enough to try to go to bat for all the like Biden administration's right. mistakes. So sort of similar to Demergerno, it's uh it's four tweets, um, 
three of which uh, were retweeted by Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff, one which was not. And you have to guess, Smug and Holmes, which one was not retweeted by Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. And you did a, a, a genius like reverse psychology switcheroo on us I last did. time where Klain has become known for... For, Jen Rubin Artis. Yeah. Retweeting Jen Rubin, <laughs> where it's just like its own, you know, vicious cycle of where she puts out nuttier, nuttier well, stuff, did, open it, yes. for the retweet. Yeah, yeah. And like, he Whoa. didn't he didn't on this one retweet that I included last And I'm glad you mentioned that because it gives you a flavor for our listeners who aren't familiar with the game, a flavor for for the sort of content that Ron Klain will RT. I mean, oh, yeah. it's absolutely it's also, shameless. It, it's also but like a big part of the skill set that I'm now trying to acquire in playing this game is that you have to get inside the mind of Ron Klain, but you also have to let the judge and the jury here work his magic and, and try to see if he's misleading you. So it's like you've got minds to read here. It's it's probably our toughest game. It's the toughest game for sure. And I'm trying to remember, there was some like Klainception this past week. Where yes, was like, there was. It was mentioned in playbook. Yeah, it was. It was a, a quote tweet of a quote tweet of a like quote tweet. And let's not get into that. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so tweet number one. The pugnaciousness, and this is Greg Sargent, by the way. Oh God. The pugnaciousness of Biden's speech showed he is ready to own the consequences of his choice. His task now is a new era in which American power will be used more effectively and with fewer illusions. That's obviously about Afghanistan. Good God. Jesus. Okay. I mean, what is that retweet worth to you? Like your soul? (laughs) (laughs) So bad. Tweet number two, and this one is from Chris Hayes, possibly a hate listener of the program. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. He hates it. Uh, Needs me at least. Chris Hayes, I've come to almost believe the disappointing jobs numbers probably help keep rate hikes at bay. It may ultimately be a net positive for a strong, steady recovery. Incredible. Oh man, that's fucked. (laughs) That is is next level neoliberal brain where the guy's like, I'm thinking about interest rates not gen- about people the, the, able to like right provide. buy groceries yeah yeah none of this impacts me so i think actually long term for my portfolio that's this like looks galaxy really strong. take yeah. neoliberalism God, we just stop and appreciate that nonsense that my god wild. Oh, it's so good it's so good oh, oh okay All tweet right. number yeah, tweet number three, uh, David uh, Rothkop. Um, almost everything you think you know about the State Department's handling of the evacuation from Afghanistan is wrong. I talked to Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman and others to get to the truth. What, oh, yeah. yeah, because they're providing it. <laughs> what they did and are doing is remarkable. Man, this is a tough game. This is a tough game. And the thing is, is that word has gotten out among among the like brain dead. Yeah. Like brainworm left is fully aware. They're right. all gunning for the retweet. Yeah. yeah. Jen, Jen yeah. Rubin had a lot of clear air for a while yeah. where not everyone yep. was really thirsty for it. Yep. But now yeah. everyone's playing to that audience. I agree. It's amazing. All right. Tweet number four. Matt Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is a quote tweet of um of a poll i'll just read it's a quote tweet of aaron blake this is aaron blake's tweet oh it's it's a mess this is a full (laughs) perfect storm right off the bat 26 percent approve of the afghanistan withdrawal and biden's handling of it 52 percent approve of the afghanistan withdrawal but disprove of biden's handling of it and it it shows those poll numbers matt iglesias quote tweets it and says elites who oppose withdrawal have done a very good job of creating this fake third option to hurt biden politically but it's still fake incredible okay i think i have mine i think i have mine i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna show duncan which show him fingers show him fingers all right okay can i break this down you can break it down Okay, let's start with four. Okay. The, the Iglesias take is the White House take. Like they're saying, basically telling the American people, it doesn't matter how bad we fuck this thing up. You ultimately want us to out of Afghanistan, and that's what, the only thing you care about, right? It doesn't yeah. matter how many eggs we we break on the way. Like, what, what, I, what I do love about that, Holmes, that, that, that uh, position of the White House is that the president of the United States as commander in chief has zero agency that oh, he, yeah. he has no control over the way that the withdrawal happens. Yeah. It's fait accompli. Right. Well, that, that's, 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 Just think about that. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is like at the heart of it is absolute madness. They're like trying to deny the existence of, of, of multitudes of people right. who are like, this is a mess or any sort of strategy. Like that's fake, you know, but, the thought that, like, oh, this just happened to Biden. It just <laughs> happened. Oh, yeah. There was nothing totally. he could do about this. So, so. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, number three, everything is wrong. We talked to an administration official. I think that's an easy RT. Yeah. I okay. Think, I, to me, that struck. Okay. Personally, I think three struck is the most obvious because that just seems like the, the, the good old alley-oop. Like it was something teed up. It was they teed up by the, the cons. Journal. He yeah. told him when it's going to drop. He yeah. threw it up. And Clay dunked it to get it out. Yeah. Right. Right. So so it boils down to two and one. On one, the real question is whether or not he's gonna he's gonna cheat on Jen Rubin with Greg Sargent. Oh. Uh that Greg, is something like Sergeant Sargent's coming for the crown. Dude, Sargent has entered like the picture. That's wild. That's how you know <laughs> the heavy hitters are coming. Yeah. So for our for our listeners, the background, Greg Sargent was hired at the same time. As they, they created the opinion pages of the Washington Post, created a li- liberal columnist and a conservative com- columnist. Sargent was the liberal. Ori- originally, it was Dave Weigel that was the conservative, hilariously enough. And, and then it became Jen Rubin. But they were supposed to have the same territory, right? On the right and the left. And they just became the left. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so they're, they're as, as, as another piece of background here for our listeners, a nice little nugget for you is that Dave Weigel had that job. The journalist. And then, him? yeah. And then he was outed on a, a list serve called journal Jer- <laughs> list. It was a list serve that was designed to coordinate messages among reporters to help aid and abet the election of Barack Obama. And, and right. he was the uh, conservative opinion writer. for the Yeah. Election. And he was the conservative. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we live in a dystopia. It's wild. Uh, Amazing. Uh, so here's where, boy, let me cut to the chase. The Chris Hayes thing, I really want it to be an RT, but how in the world can a White House chief of staff possibly cheerlead joblessness in this country? I just don't think 
like even for Ron Klain, that feels like a bridge too far. So I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna say two. So you're going Hayes. You know what? I, and I agree. I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going same on that. Okay. You guys are right. Ah, yeah. Thank. <laughs> I think that we broke that down pretty well. You did a great See, job. Initially, I felt four because I was like, man. These people, are they really that crazy? And then we start talking through three, and I was like, yeah, they are that crazy. They yeah. really are. No, they've really been pushing this. That actually, it was successful. This is what draw was successful. <laughs> yeah. Let's play the music again. Let's do it. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. Brain. Brainworm takes forever. You're going to Broken brain takes with no shame. Queen! Hot takes up to 11. Saving Joe Biden from blame. Queen! It's gonna live forever. Ronnie, remember my name. Remember, 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 remember. Well, fellas, how about that? We put together a Labor Day. We record on Labor Day like a couple of workmen. Uh, this is just, it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, well, folks, we don't take a single day off. You know, Labor Day, holidays, we keep it going. Outstanding episode, real banger, gentlemen. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. Stay ruthless.